You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Time for one of the highlights of our week. Always great to talk Patriot football with our friend Andy Hart, Patriots.com radio, and the Patriots team channel here on TuneIn. Andy, let's start with the news that Tom Brady was not at practice today. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network just told us on this show his sources telling Ian it's an Achilles issue, but not expected to be that major based on your years with the club. Should we be concerned that Tom Brady didn't practice today? No, not at all. Um, you know, it's, it's disheartening, I guess, for Patriots fans anytime he's not out there. But the reality is he plays through everything he always has. He always will. Um, it is an Achilles injury. I don't think it's a big deal. Um, you know, I, I guess if you're a Patriots fan, you say, wait, they had Monday and Tuesday off, and then he's not ready to go on Wednesday. And, you know, Thursday's Thanksgiving, oh, geez. I, you know, they can talk themselves into a lather, but you know, this is a guy that hasn't missed game games other than a torn ACL in 2008. Uh, Brady plays through everything. So Tom Brady would be out there on Sunday, and, you know, why would he not be? He's playing as well as he's ever played, and he's got a uh, questionable Dolphins pass defense on the horizon so he can uh, continue to build his MVP case. Andy, you know, Nick Ferguson here, you know, earlier this year we watched the Patriots defense uh, struggle and we've never seen a Bill Belichick or Matt Patricia defense struggle the way that they did. I know they had some uh, key uh, new guys uh, joining the roster, but uh, moving forward, when you look at this defense, we already know what Tom Brady and that offense brings to the table, but the inability to consistently put pressure on the quarterback, how could that hinder them as they move forward? Yeah, that's certainly um, the potential to be a fatal flaw for this team. And I don't think it's going to change. I don't see any way that that pass rush is going to improve dramatically over the course of the the end of the regular season or into the postseason. They just released Cassius Marsh, who they traded for to open the year, and I I think they had hoped was going to be uh, a factor, you know, as a sort of off-the-line edge presence who could rush a little bit. He was just not very good all season long. He couldn't set the edge in the run, never really good after the quarterback. Um, They're going to live and die with what they have right now, and that's a a limited pass rush. That's Trey Flowers with an occasional pressure. That's Dietrich Wise, the rookie, with an occasional pressure. Um, But really, in in recent weeks, they've gone the other way, and they've dropped into coverage more, rushing three um, with more regularity. They're not blitzing as much. They do a few twists and stunts up front, but – it's almost like they've come to the realization we're not going to get there, so we might as well have an extra guy in coverage and we're going to win with coverage. Now, you're right, early in the year the coverage wasn't very good either, but um, you know, I, I just don't see any way that that pass rush is going to make any dramatic improvement uh, over the course of the next you know, two months as you head towards a potential uh, Super Bowl. So they're going to have to do what they've done lately, and that's timely plays, you know, a couple turnovers here. You, know, you, you have the Raiders last Sunday driving to – try to cut the score to 14-7 right before the half, you get a forced fumble. And then what happens? Brady turns it into three. They come out of the you know locker room for the third quarter. Brady puts another seven on the board. Game over. Uh, and that's the way this team needs to play. They need to play from ahead. They need to make a few timely plays on defense, a few timely plays on special teams to let that snowball. Because we saw early in the year, if they get themselves in dogfights, they're not really capable of getting pressure on the quarterback, getting third down stops. So, you know, there's sort of a formula they need to play with here. Got in with our friend Andy Hart, Patriots.com radio, the Patriots team channel here on TuneIn. 
Andy, I know Bill Belichick was not thrilled with having to go to Mexico City as a viewer. It was an entertaining <laughs> game to watch, especially based on what the Patriots were doing offensively. Let's go back to that Brandon Cooks touchdown in Mexico City. Simply stellar. How much of that was blown coverage? How much of that came down to his pure speed? It's both. I mean, they obviously blew the coverage, but, you know, they targeted that. They set that up. Um, that's a Raiders pass defense that's been putrid all year. Um, no interceptions, uh, allowing, I think, a combined 111 passer rating to, to everybody they've played. Um, and the, the Patriots have made a concerted effort, concerted effort to make more plays down the field. They've made more plays down the field with Brandon Cooks because that's his game. Anybody who watches his game, and he's having a good season, but he's not great on some of the short throws, the in-cuts. There's been drops. There's been some times when he and Brady aren't on the same page. But when they've pushed the ball down the field, they've made good plays. And Brady's worked on his deep ball for the last you know, two, three, four years to try to do that when he has that opportunity to do that to Gronkowski. Um, but, yeah, there's no question that Cooks brings a new element to this offense. And in some ways, I think it was a reaction to the Super Bowl, you know, those quote-unquote man beaters and, you know, guys that can just win matchups. I think Brandon Cooks can do that. I think Rob can, Gronkowski can do that. When you add those two to what the offense was a year ago, that's how you have Tom Brady playing so well right now at the age of 40, and that's how you have the Patriots you know, near the top of the league in points scored and helping their defense by getting leads, making plays, and allowing them to play from ahead. So um, that's the game plan. Get the ball down the field to Cooks and Gronk, score some points, and, and get off to fast starts. Andy, when we look at the Patriots' offense and we look at Tom Brady and you're talking about Brandon Cooks, a great addition to uh, the organization, this is not a team that traditionally is known for running the ball. Uh, How long can they continue to do that? Because James White seems to be the go-to guy, especially on the checkdown plays inside the red zone. But no LeGarrette Blount, no one to really pound the rock, especially in a four-minute offense. Can we just view the Patriots as just being uh, a team that utilizes the pass as though it's a run play? Yeah, they do use, obviously, some of that short passing game as a running play. Um, Really, the disappointment there is, you know, they brought in Mike Gillisley as a restricted free agent from the Bills. They let LeGarrette Blount go. I think they thought not only could Gillisley be what Blunt was a year ago, but might be better. Because a year ago, Blunt had 18 touchdowns, led the NFL, had 1,000 yards, but he was below four yards a carry. And I think they that Gillisley, who led the NFL last year at 5.7 a carry as a backup, could do more of that in the Tom Brady passing offense. You know, when you're facing defenses that are fearing Tom Brady more than anything else, you should get opportunities to make some plays. Gillisley just never did it. He averaged 3.6 yards per carry over the first half of the season. He's been a healthy scratch the last two weeks. He's the odd man out, and that's left Deion Lewis as the primary runner. And he's done a decent job. You know, he's gotten, I think, 10-plus carries, six straight games, up around 4.7 a carry on the season. So are they going to have a traditional big back who can pound it out in the four-minute offense, as you mentioned? No, they are not. But I think they believe that if Lewis stays healthy, he can be good enough, give them just enough running game, to balance out the offense when you talk about Brady and the short passing game and the screens and all that. So um, I think that's how they're going to have to go because I don't think Gillisley is going to get much of a chance to be that big back down the stretch uh, other than if there's an injury situation because uh, he just hasn't produced and they have too many other bodies that are producing right now. Finally, Andy, how do you see the MVP conversation? Tom Brady putting up incredible numbers. He's won it twice in his career, not since 
2010. We know last year, not only did Matt Ryan have staggering stats, I think some voters would not embrace a candidate who could not play the entire season. I'll put it that way. Forget about the deflategate nonsense because the holiday's coming up tomorrow. Carson Wentz has been <laughs> tremendous. Brady's right there. How would you forecast the race at this stage of the season? Yeah, right now I think Wentz is the front runner. Um, when you look at what he's done as a second-year player with a young head coach and doesn't necessarily have the depth of weapons, in my opinion, that Brady has when you talk about Rob Gronkowski and Brandon Cooks, um, I think you have to really give a lot of credit to the way Wentz has played. Anybody who watches the way he plays, it's not just throwing the football. The guy's a gamer. He is not afraid to put his head down, get a first down on the run. I actually think it's probably going to catch up to him at some point, and he's probably going to get banged up. But he is a, uh, a unique gamer that I think really gives everything he has to that offense and what Doug Peterson's trying to do there. So I think you have to say he's the front runner. But Tom Brady is right there. I mean, you can certainly argue he's having – as good a year as he's had in his career, leading the NFL in, in almost everything. You know, just past Alex Smith for passer rating, but yards, attempts. Um, he's got 22 touchdowns and only two interceptions. He's, he's been nearly perfect, and that's while getting banged around quite a bit. Early in the year, he was on pace to be sacked more than he's ever been sacked in his career. Those numbers have come down a little bit of late. Um, but I think he's number two right there on Wentz's tail. And if Wentz slips up, if he gets hurt, if they lose a couple games and he has a couple, you know, not rookie wall, but second-year wall, sophomore slump down the stretch, then, then Brady will pounce on it. And then I think, in my opinion, the dark horse candidate is, is Russell Wilson mm-hmm. with, with just the injuries they've had in Seattle and the offensive line and everything that he goes through. Every time I watch a game, he's hitting Jimmy Graham in the hands and Graham's dropping it. Um, to me, Russell Wilson is carrying that team, and I think he's really done an admirable job there. He probably won't win it because he probably won't have the stats to match a Brady or a Wentz down the stretch. Um, But I would put him third on my ballot. And, you know, certainly Brady is ready to collect one if Wentz slips up. Wilson, the leading rusher for the Seahawks as well. Andy, as always, we appreciate the information. Hope you and your family have a tremendous Thanksgiving. And we'll chat with you next week on the NFL on TuneIn. Same to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the turkey and stuffing and all that goes with it. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.